The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 37 this morning. As we continue in our study, we've entitled Living the Dream, a study through the life of Joseph. And we're looking at the seventh episode of what we've been talking about. And so we're going to look at a unique, interesting aspect. Let's go ahead and look at the passages today and break down what's going on. And then we'll look at the practical aspect of it in Genesis chapter 37. And beginning in verse 31, the Bible says, And they, this is Joseph's brother, remember, in context, Joseph's brother had just sold him to the Ishmaelites, to Midianites, who are now taking him down to Potiphar, down to Egypt to sell him to Potiphar. They had just pulled him up, 20 pieces of silver, and they, they sold him in slavery uh, to them to get rid of them instead of killing them. And then they take, and uh, here's what happens, verse 31, Then they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This we have we found. Now Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. For he said, I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him, this is Joseph, into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. So what we're going to look at specifically today is really, uh, one, an attempted cover-up and two, an unintended, unintended consequence. Uh, one of the things that's interesting when you think about these brothers, they obviously hated their brother Joseph. Um, they were very envious of him, envious of him because he was the favorite for his father. They were envious of him because God had spoken to him by giving him a vision and a dream, and many of these men understood what that was, or all of them understood it, and so it angered them, frustrated them. In fact, when this last time, they're out watching their sheep, doing what they're supposed to, and Joseph wasn't there. It showed a level of at least authority. He wasn't doing what his brothers were. He was no longer following the same job. And he told him about these dreams, and now this guy thinks one day he's going to rule and reign. So from their point of view, there's a lot of frustration. And, and today we could say favoritism would do that. Uh, but we want, to, we want to stick to this story specifically and look at, the first thing is, uh, should we say a cover-up? So what happens is they go out and they kill an animal, and they use the blood and they put it all over Joseph's coat of many colors, which is why they kept the coat. The thought was they could send it home or take it home to their father in a level of panic and fear, kind of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this has happened, and share it to their father, kind of like hoping the father would recognize exactly what they wanted, which he did, is that an animal had found him and had eaten him alive. By the way, that was not abnormal in those days. Remember, they would travel great distances alone um, in an area where there was other animals, and so, and one, they were, he was alone, and a lot of different aspects to it. So it wasn't abnormal for these things to happen. That's why it was so quick for, really, for Jacob to jump to his own conclusion. I mean, he was given the coat, covered in blood, he jumped to his own conclusion. Um, so these guys thought, man, I, I've justified in my actions. Let me, just, let me just start with that one. If we get frustrated enough about something, 
or um, feel like we've been hurt enough or lost enough or whatever, it is easy for us to, be ju- to justify our actions. It's easy for us to say, well, if you went through what I went through, you'd understand why I did this or I said this. If you understood my background, if you understood this, you'd understand why I'm angry, why I'm bitter, or why I'm this. And it is so easy for us. And, and please understand, I'm not trying to criticize or judge in this case, because humanly speaking, you'd be right. If you go to the average you know, counselor or psychologist or whatever you want to say, a lot of times what they do is they will walk you through all the things in your past that got you to this point. And, and, and some of them, I think, do a good job in trying to help heal you. Some of them just say this is the way you are because of the way you were born or the way your family was or things of this nature. And they kind of ditch it off. And while there is truth to the fact that who I was growing up or my surroundings growing up affect a lot of whom I am today, it doesn't have to affect who I'm going to be tomorrow. I can choose today not to be that. But what happens is when we allow these things to... And when we allow our circumstances to justify our actions, then, then all of a sudden we can pretty much do whatever we want. If we're angry enough, if we're hurt enough, if we've been betrayed enough, we can say and do what we feel is right. In many occasions, we can sit back and say, it's a biblical thing. It's, it's a godly thing to do this. People can come into church and they can cause dissension and split the church down the middle. Well, you know what? Pastor wasn't a good guy or this. So they could find all these different points of view. I'm trying to defend the church. And what happens is, is what we do is we use a personal justification to ignore the truth of the Word of God. And so what we have to do, let me encourage you in this. If you find yourself in a scenario where it's very easy to do this, and most of us, if not all of us, probably found ourselves in a spot like this before. We blame God for what He didn't do in our minds. We would blame people for how they acted or whatever it would come down to. We need to stop trying to evaluate life based upon what's happened to us, what we think's happened to us, or what we think we can justify. And we honestly need to go back to the Word of God and what does it say? Because let me tell you one thing. You justify your action. It's only going to make things worse. I mean, this situation, 13 years later, it took before these same brothers knelt kneeled, excuse me, in the presence of their brother. They didn't know at the time. He, was, he had an Egyptian name, and I'm sure he looked very different from his time in slavery in prison, and now he's 13 years older, and he's dressed differently, and probably his hair's done differently. He looked Egyptian. And as they, as they stood there, having no idea who they're talking to, their problem became worse, and they found it was Joseph, and they began to panic. It got even worse. And so with this idea that I can justify my actions, it's not valid, but it can make things worse. But, so the first thing we look at is if we're not careful, it's easy to justify our actions. But I, I want us to understand one of the ways, when we start making decisions what we're going to do, there's a very important thing that I think we need to do. In fact, I talked to my family about this in our time together. We try to have some, uh, I always say called Bible class devotional time before their virtual school starts. And, and so this morning we talked about listening to the Holy Spirit and getting guidance from the Holy Spirit. And that sometimes when you look at something or watch something or, or ask to do something and part of you, you don't even know why it's wrong. You just know it's wrong. That is just the Holy Spirit saying, don't do it. It's not worth it. It may be fun for a little bit, but the end is not worth it. And we discussed how do we, when looking at something, how do we, what are, what are some of the steps we can take to not make a wrong decision, to not do something that could bring pain? And I learned this years ago. It's a very simple truth, but I yet I believe to be a very powerful truth if we allow it to be. I heard it actually from, uh, he's been here preaching before, Rand Hummel. Great, great truth. And it's been a huge help, as I, not only for me, but for counseling. 
And really what it comes down to is, okay, I've been given an opportunity to be do something. Either people have invited me to do something. Uh, no one's around, so I have an opportunity to do something without being caught. I've been tempted to whatever it would be. So there's this opportunity, this temptation to do something that uh, I know is wrong. Either we just flat out wrong because it's wrong biblically or even wrong legally, or the Holy Spirit's making it very clear, don't do that. For, for one of those reasons, I know this is wrong. But I, I, I kind of justify, as we talked about, I have a right, I'm deserving, no one's going to catch me, and we justify it. It's easy to do that. And then what happens, we wake up the next day, and now we have to live with the consequences. Right? You commit a crime, you go to jail. Um, you do some kind of sin, whatever result in it comes the next day, and there's just no way around it. It's going to happen. It's not God hating you. It's not God judging you. It's God says you reap what you sow. You do go into a life of sin, you're going to get back the negative effects of a life of sin. So how do we look at these things without doing them, with, with, with protecting ourselves from it? And simple, simple, logical thing, honestly, is when you look at what's in front of you and what potentially sounds like it might be fun, you need to look not just in what's in front of you, you need to look beyond to the potential consequences, the potential results of what's going to happen. So simple thought, you are going to be with your friends and you decide to jump in a car and race down the street. That could end badly if you get in an accident. You decide, I can drink just a little bit, no big deal, and then for whatever reason, and you say, well, I would never drive like that. Well, the moment you start drinking, you stop thinking correctly. It's just a, it's a proven fact. It's a scientific fact. You no longer think logically. You're drunk or you're you know, inebriated due to the uh, alcohol. You're going to think you can do it. You're going to jump in a car, and you either yourself are going to get hurt or you're going to hurt someone else. You can't get away from that. That is now something that will follow you the rest of your life. If you decide to go date and live and do inappropriate, maybe that'll come back to haunt you. You decide to say, I'm done with church, whatever, well, then that's gonna, you're going to lose uh, some great communion with God. So what we have to do is we have to look beyond. How will this affect me? How will this affect those around me who are related to me? How will those affect those that love me? How will those affect those that I don't even know yet? Right? What do you mean, what do you do those you don't know yet? Um, when I was in college... We were taught about this. You know, every decision we made in high school through college, every decision I made in the area of dating and things of that nature affected the woman that I would ultimately marry, affected the children that I would ultimately have. And it's just true. It's absolutely true. So I have to look beyond just today. Even it goes back to um, Moses when he was had the opportunity to live and continue to live in the luxury of the palace. And the Bible says he chose the reproach of his brother in Hebrews greater than a pleasure of sin for a season. It's a simple truth that sin is pleasurous for a short period of time until it ends. And sin always ends negatively. You cannot sin and act like it will not come back to haunt you. It, it, it rarely does right away. It usually takes time, but it will. And by the time it does, I'm telling you, my experience is it comes back so much worse than what we thought. And it's just the way it is, and it's a result of what we're doing. You go out and spend every dime you have. Don't be surprised when you can't pay your bills. You, you go waste it all at the casino, convinced you're going to be rich, and now you can't feed your family. These are consequences, and, and, and they're horrible consequences. Um, let me encourage you that when we look at this story, these brothers take this coat home, and their, and their father reacts. And they, I'm assuming they knew that their father was going to be really upset. But I wonder if they anticipated it to be this bad. I, I, I wonder if it can completely change who he was, even to them. And now they had to watch something to father that I believe they probably loved and see how it just, just destroyed him and affected their relationship with him and all these different things, knowing that it was all a lie. But really, what are you going to do? You can't even find him anymore. All these things, unintended, 
consequences. Let me encourage you. The last thing I ever want to do in a devotional is to, is to try and kind of put something heavy. But I think that one of the things that is good for us is we, if we can look back and, and kind of just be reminded of some just simple practical things the world says. The world says you have a right to do this, you're justified, whatever, and God says, listen, it's not about you. Don't, don't make it about you. Just get right with me. Come to me for salvation, number one. Number two, come to me and get right with me. And then what does he say? Take my yoke upon you and, upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's, the tr- that's what he wants to offer. And really, what we look and say, well, I, ha- I have every right in humanly speaking, we might. But can I encourage you that if we could get rid of that thinking and come to God and listen to his thinking, it'll change everything. If we could just let the, the things go that has happened in our lives and just come to God and trust in God, it'll change us. It'll give us a freedom that the anger and bitterness never could, the frustration, the justification never could. I hope you'd be willing to do that. I hope that would be something. Trust me, as I have done that in my life, it'll be a healing for you that you will never be able to understand or comprehend until it happens. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this Wednesday morning. And uh, we hope to see you tonight, either on property here or online, as we continue to study in God's Word. And uh, this is an encouragement. You know, like our Facebook page, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, share this with friends. If it's a blessing to you, that hopefully can be a blessing to others. And we appreciate just the opportunity to be part of your day. And we look forward to seeing you next time.